are chronic masturbators. Like, whoa, who are you pointing at? You know what? Some people have no control of their bowels. Like, whoa, where's this conversation going? Are you pointing at me? I find this line of questioning very, very questionable. You know? um, conservatives, I know a lot of conservatives think I find it a little bit weird. Uh, conservatives are so concerned. They seem very concerned about which restrooms transgender people use. I don't know, I'd be upset if I went to a restroom and someone tried to stop me, like, hey, that's the ladies' room. Like, so I, what's going on? I don't see any ladies no one, else, no one else is using. Just let me pee, man. Let me pee. Let everyone pee. Who are you, the fucking toilet police or something, you know? Free to be you and me, free to pee you and me. That's what I say. So anyway, yeah. Uh, anyway, uh, people complain about their work and when they have no idea how hard work used to be. It's like, oh my God, there's a paper jam. Well, there goes my afternoon. You know, oh no, a paper cut. Can I get the day off? You know, I mean, I want to say boo-hoo. I mean, get over it. True story. Uh, William Bullock. Bullock, he created the Bullock printer, uh, the Bullock printing press, actually. That was like the original printer, right? And it had it was fed by this big thing of paper about a mile long. But it's the true story. He actually got his leg caught in it. So that was like the original paper cut, pretty much, right? So that's like the worst paper jam ever, pretty much. So no more complaining, right? Anyway. Uh, bah, bah, bah. Okay. So the art of conversation, we're told to be like, good conversationalist is about getting to know the other person better, but we keep circling the conversation back to ourselves. Like, hey, great to know you, you know, and great, I'm really enjoying this conversation right now. I really like what you have to say and some wonderful stories, but I just notice they are all about you, right? So what I'm going to do is try to circle the conversation back to me, and I think I'll be amazed how much more fascinating the conversation becomes because we're supposed to be complete narcissist, right? Yeah. One minute. Cool. All right. Uh, so the Me Too moment is the Me Too moment is a very good thing, but I think it's weird how many talented men have done such horrible things. I mean, you had like, you had Bill Cosby and Charlie Rose and Harvey Weinstein. Okay, I'm not quite so surprised about Harvey Weinstein. Let's be honest, that guy looks just really rapey to me. I don't know, but I can't, I can't wait to see like what is a what is attorney comes up with to like portray him as some sort of victim or something. I can see him saying like you know, Harvey was really uh, was really the tragic hero here of his own epic melodrama. I think it's he had the the persecution that most sleazy Hollywood producers have to deal with, you know. But but he but he persevered. He realized that he had to break a couple eggs to make an omelet, and uh, and he, he persevered. He persevered all his way. He raped his way to the top, and that will be that. That'll be the title. That'll be the title of his prison memoir, I think. The Harvey Weinstein Warrior, The Courage Rape Your Way to the Top. And that's it for me. Thanks. Thank you very much. Thank you for coming down to the open mic. I appreciate it. Stay tuned for Pamtastic's comedy 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 house. Her 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 show's amazing. Thank you very much. Thank you. Hey everybody, uh, listening to Pam Tassis Comedy Clubhouse, that was Evelyn Erie Diamond being an amazing host on the Happy Hour. You should immediately go download that podcast as well. Hilarious comedians doing shorter sets, but what we have right now coming up on Pam Tassis Comedy Clubhouse is everyone doing awesome long sets. We're going to have Evelyn Erie Diamond, you just saw her on Happy Hour. We're going to have Matt Curry, how exciting, he's so tall, yay! We've got Pete Palmer. He looks like Thomas the Tank Engine. Sometimes he's angry. Yay! He speaks Chinese. How is that possible? I can't believe it! Uh, we have Luke Newman also on the bill. And David Zunzu Kircher running the ones and twos. He's going to be back here. We're going to get started in just a second here with Pamtastic's Comedy Club House. Please enjoy the dulcet tones of Floating Goat. And also, we're going to do some, uh, you know, other things in there. Okay, bye. Are you tired of swimming through a sea of podcasts? 
Are ye on a raft without a patter? Well, gather around me, sea dogs, and get aboard me pirate ship as we set sail for the seas of Mutiny Radio.fm. From there, you can captain your own pirate ship as you sail through over 44 different shows for all of your listening pleasures. They've got live comedy to small business advice, LGBTQ-friendly to sports, vinyl to gutter punk. Mutiny Radio.fm has the best programming the Internet Ocean has to offer you. I bet my peg leg on it, or I ain't scurvy shit-faced McRat. <laughs> Hey everybody, listen to the Weekly Review with Roman every Friday from noon to 2 p.m. This is an unapologetically anti-capitalist program. We interview community organizers, activists, and artists. We talk about ways you can take action right now. So listen in to the Weekly Review every Friday from noon to 2 p.m. brings you visual and auditory mind control. For the best graphic design, physical merchandise, and live music promotion, go to www.subliminalsf.com and check out their hilarious t-shirts and super cool bands at clubs and bars all over the Bay Area. Subliminal SF creates amazing flyers, posters, and design for every need. So go now to www.subliminalsf.com and experience what this wonderful local business has to offer. Good evening there, my friends, here at MutinyRadio.Evan. Chester Cashcock here, and giving you my love and regard as well as movies over there. And uh, I just wanted to let you guys know that any time I go swimming in my vault of rare coins and piles and piles of filthy cash, I can't help but listen to Pamtastic's Comedy Clubhouse every Friday from 8 to 10 p.m. I mean, if anyone who knows anything about comedy knows that Pamtastic's books the best of San Francisco and Beyond's underground comics. It's a great showcase, and they have a fun time at Pamtastic's Deep in the Mission District, where you can laugh off your tushy for a mere five dollars every Friday to 10 p.m. And I laugh because five dollars, I mean, that's what I use to wipe my tushy with. So to laugh it off for a mere five dollars is indubitious. But if you can't make it to Mutiny Radio, well, don't even worry. Don't fret at all. You can simply download the podcast post-show and giggle in the comfort of anywhere. Like your Aspen summer home on the mountain ridge with the kayak feeling. So all you got to do is just go to podcastics.pcrcollective.org slash comedy clubhouse. Or you can listen live every Friday from 8 to 10 p.m. as your host Pam Benjamin brings you the best comedy from San Francisco and beyond the universe. And what's better than the universe? It's a cash cock, honey. Yeah. Well, hello, boys and girls. You know what a password is. That's a secret word that soldiers would use to get past the sentry and up to the front. Well, here's a password that gets you up to the front at all 
all the right places. It's cannabis energy. It seems the faster you go, the more cannabis energy you need. So if you want to win, you have to have lots of cannabis energy. And the swellest way I know to get it is just by using Green Army Skincare. Boy, they're just crammed full of cannabis energy. There are more cannabis energy units in one lip balm tube than you use circling the base 10 times or when you ride your bike four miles across the city. And it's fast acting. Why, no sooner that you apply some balm to your mouth or pain areas, you practically feel the new strength in your muscles. And what's more, Green Army Skincare is a good, wholesome product. They're made with body nourishing cannabis and other natural ingredients. So go out there today and pick up some Green Army skincare products from your local cannabis procurement center. Join thegreenarmy.com. Hey, ladies and gentlemen, we'd like to invite you down to Bender's Barn Grill in the heart of the Mission District in San Francisco at 806 South Van Ness. We've got great food by our kitchen counter offer, burgers, tater tots, tachos, corn dogs, all sorts of good stuff like that. They're open from opening until 11 p.m. most days of the week, except Saturday. Uh, Every Saturday night, we've got live rock and roll, some of the best local bands in San Francisco and touring acts as well. Come on down, 10 p.m., rock and roll, only night of the week. We have a $5 cover charge, always 5 bucks for live rock and roll. We're open from 4 p.m. until 2 a.m., Monday through Thursday, Friday, Saturday, Sunday, 2 to 2. Come on down, have some drinks with us. We've got Whiskey Wednesday, Tequila Tuesday, and we've always got the Steve McQueen special. Shot a bullet bourbon and a can of California lager for 8 bucks. Come down and enjoy our patio. It's open uh, in the afternoon, not really in the evening, but a lot of good folks hanging out back there. Come on down, give us a shout. Drop by the bar, make some friends. Thanks, folks. Bender's Bar and Grill in the heart of the Mission District, San Francisco, California. With a happy hour every Monday through Friday until 7 p.m. Don't miss it. Go to Bender's Bar. Big supporter of the Mutiny Radio Comedy Festival 2018. Oh, yeah. It goes down. Come smoke with your boy. Grinder. Spark is San Francisco's premier cannabis dispensary with a focus on serving and educating patients for seven years. Spark is dedicated to creating the best in-store experience with its extensive menu, friendly staff, and one of the few cannabis vape lounges in San Francisco. Spark welcomes you to visit its two great locations as a medical patient or for recreational adult use in 2018. Spark is located at 1256 Mission Street between 8th and 9th and at 473 Haight Street at Fillmore. Both locations are open until 10 p.m. every night. Spark staff looks forward to serving you. Coming at these bitches and all these snitches hitting switches going back to riches. It's 8 o'clock. It's time for Pantastic's Comedy Clubhouse here on Mutiny Radio. I just farted. I should have put the microphone down so you could have heard that. (laughs) All right. It was just a little bit of an escape. That's what we're doing here tonight at Pantastic's Comedy Clubhouse. It's all about escape. Anybody else's life suck and they want an escape? Is anyone else's life an escape and they're like, what is reality? You're a dog. 
We just saw a dog walk by that started a confrontation and it was in a bag. So there were two dogs on the ground. They didn't bark at each other, but it was the dog in the bag that chose to bark at the other dogs. And that has a lot to say about humanity. <laughs> big dogs. Everybody remember the big dogs campaign? Big white dogs, big black dogs, tiny dogs. We got a, I know we got a tiny dog. Nope, yeah, nobody cares. I got a thing. Uh, it's fine. It's hard. My cat died. I'm like, how could I care about a dog? How can I care about anything? It's fine. Don't worry about me. My cat will live forever in the... Also, my friend Dima gave me these um, Japanese boobs that... Uh, like, and, and the beauty is that the, it's on the front, it's a boy. It's clearly a Japanese boy because he has a tie around his head and he has short hair and he's touching his own boobs and he's very excited about it. And it's great because you open the box and there's these two like flaccid and you look at these flaccid booby things and I'm like, this is like the chicken cutlet bra I already have from Victoria's Secret. Like none of this is real boob. This is all, I have tiny boobs. This is a dream for me. I'm like, they do this in Japan. They make boobs that you can put in and have. I always wanted to be titty fucked and they were always just too small. I just wanted a pearl necklace, you know? Like, I have two pearl necklaces because I was kind of waspy and I have them from two different grandmas and that's great, but I've never like actually gotten a pearl necklace because I have tiny boobies. And see, even when I squish them together, even when I squish them together, that's the chicken cutlet bra. So I'm very excited to do this. This is a Japanese thing. We put the boob, we put the we put the boob in. I'm supposed to pop the boob. This is supposed to be very exciting. I'm supposed to like pop the boob and something's supposed to, you're supposed to pop the boob. Mm, honey, do you want to come? I don't know if my fingers are strong enough to pop the boob. Can you come cop, pop the boob? You've got to come squeeze. You've got it. I will know there's only pictures because it's in Japanese. They they put no they put they say first put the boob under your shirt. Put the boobs under your shirt because it's a boy, and then push with exhausting pressure. No, you're supposed to push with exhausting pressure. Come on, there it is. Push the thing. Come on, honey. There it is. There it is. Oh my God! There's one of them. Do the other. Do the other. It inflates. It's so great with exhausting pressure. This one's fucked. This one, come on, baby, get it. It's so exciting. It no, pops right up. This one is not fucked. Come on, you can get it. You can hear it. It's grinding. It's grinding. Okay, so we can see now that I have one boob that is Japanese and awesome, and I have another one that didn't inflate. I want to know what kind of technology is happening here to make this work. This is. This one is almost inflating. Gosh darn it. Uh, so side boob is 100%, <laughs> right? Uh, PG-13. You can have as much side boob as you want in any scene, and that's fine. No problem. Clandestine. And I say equality now. I say let's start so showing some side scrote. Anyway, well, I know I should put it underneath the... It, this one really did a good job. It's in there. <laughs> I had a friend in college. It's I. We're trying to burst the sack. I'm still squeezing it. I've never squeezed my titties this hard before. Honey, can you try to burst the sack? Okay. <laughs> Let me do my equality now joke again. 
pop rocks in your mouth. I love my one boob. It, this is just like Japanese technology. Half of it works, right? Samsung. Okay. <laughs> no, I'm this is this sexy. Uh, I have I have so much pubic hair. It's like I have a hair skirt. So I'm never worried about being naked in public because you can't see anything anyway. It's like a hair skirt. Very lazy. I don't want to shave because I'm lazy. And so I asked my beautiful boyfriend, I said, you're in charge of the body hair. If you care, he doesn't care. <laughs> it's great. He doesn't give a shit. It's so good. I worry so much. I actually had a moment the other night where it, this, as a you can, I actually was like plucking my own anal hairs. Like you can just like pull them out. You know, I've been, I know, I've been plucking my own eyebrow hairs for so long that pain is meaningless. So it's like butt hairs. Come on. I have a, I pluck my, I pluck my boob hairs. I don't shave my armpits, but I pluck my boob hairs. Thanks. So, so society, <laughs> whatever I choose to shave. It's so funny because like in 1904, we weren't allowed to show our legs. Like you couldn't even show an ankle and that's so cute. But then like Gillette became a company and they were like, we have to sell things to people. Women are people, sort of. <laughs> like let's make them shave their legs. <laughs> Gillette, best a man can get. I'll never be good enough, you guys. I'm never going to shave my legs. He can shave me if you want to buy a razor. I know. it, But then we would, there's so much hair. I could knit a sweater out of my own leg hair. That would be cool. <laughs> no? Is that like that? not the newest Etsy thing? Is like saving all my pubic hair and weaving it into something cool and then like giving it to an ex-boyfriend that doesn't exist on Etsy yet. What are the millennials doing with all this power? These idiots. Making boobs that show up on your... It's cold, too. I think this this is real technology. I feel like I should smoke crack out of this. Like I feel like we're misusing this technology. That's... I, I'm going to work on this other one when we get down there. Equality now. Fetishism, boob stuff. Uh, I'm excited to actually, I'm, I'm out of control tonight. I've only had three IPAs, but like, whatever. <laughs> Here we all are, comedians. Yay. Uh, your first comedian of the night, her jokes have been so fresh. <sighs> no, I've been thinking about Monica Lewinsky more in the past two weeks than I have in the past 17 years. So I appreciate you for that. You're making, you're making history real for me. And I appreciate that because like all language is political and you bringing analingus into the politics is really making my life better. So thank you. I actually know who Stormy Daniels is now. Yay. I was on the bus the other day and two children were saying, where's that place in the mission that has bricks and that's where they shoot the porn? And I wanted to be like, well, it used to be called the armory and kink.com, but now it doesn't exist there anymore. But instead, I chose to keep my mouth shut. <laughs> Let the ch they, all, they all have iPhones. They can figure out the history. They can read Wikipedia. Your, your first comedian of the night is so funny. She's like way better than Wikipedia. <laughs> She'll tell you the history and... <laughs> 
I'm sorry. I love your new joke so much. She runs a show up at uh, Mission Hill Saloon every Monday and sometimes Thursdays. Put your hands together for Annette Mullaney. Yeah, I'd love to. I clearly uh, inflated mine before the show. Uh, oh, it's oh, it is cold. I gotta say, this is the biggest failure I've ever seen of Japanese technology. <laughs> I am no longer buying that Toyota. <laughs> Uh, like that's a fail rate of 50%. I thought somebody should have hit the alarm in the factory where this is made. It's not what it used to be, man. I wonder if it even was made in Japan or if that's the issue. Ooh, Bomba sexy, instant sexy. Made in China. There we go. There we go, you guys. Sold in Japan, made in China. We've solved a mystery. Fucking just what I expected. Um... Speaking of uh, things made in China, this is going to be a joke that probably deserves more of an intro, but I'm not going to give it. Uh, I used to live in Syria. It was chill. There wasn't a war. Uh, (laughs) The fun part is uh, I had to go to the drugstore and buy condoms for me and my dude at the time, even though he's a Syrian dude and I uh, am clearly a whore. (laughs) Uh, And so going to the drugstore to ask our neighbor, the pharmacist, who knows everyone, and this is a country without HIPAA, like he's gonna tell everyone for condoms because my boyfriend was too embarrassed to go himself. And I'm like, you're, you go and you're a fucking hero. Everyone's like, oh my God. Oh, okay, it's fine. Uh, <laughs> you go, you're a fucking hero. I go, they're like, just what we expected from an American. Just what we expected. Uh, but you always had a choice of condoms when you went to uh, the pharmacy. You'd say, I want condoms. They want good or regular? <laughs> I was like, what's, what's the difference between good and regular? And they said, good condoms are from Europe. Regular condoms are from China. <laughs> and I always, I always bought good. Uh, happy to report they worked well. Um, was not pregnant there. That would have been... That would have been fun. Um, would have taken a little side trip to Lebanon. Uh, anyway, <laughs> a little side trip to Lebanon. Um, I'm surprised I got a laugh. <laughs> uh, Monica Lewinsky, speaking of which, so I feel like you've talked this joke up, now I should butcher it. Um, <laughs> definitely should. So she's been, in, she's been in my mind a lot, right? Because of just general sexism, you guys. And then Bill Clinton was out fucking doing interviews saying that like he shouldn't have to answer for what he did and I feel so bad for this woman because you know she's like fucking 44 now you know she's a grown-ass woman what happens when she goes to like rent a car and she hands over her ID what does everyone think what do you guys think when I say Monica Lewinsky what pops into mind blow jobs blow jobs jobs. poor woman fucking like scarred with the blow jobs she gave at like 22 which is insane because a blowjob is far from the freakiest shit that went down. <laughs> like, do you guys know that Monica Lewinsky, a fucking 22-year-old intern, got the president of the United States to eat her ass? Yes, yes. Why are we talking about a pedestrian-ass blowjob when she's getting her salad tossed by the president of the United fucking States? That's sexism that we focus on the goddamn blowjob. Like, 
And I don't, if you guys don't understand how fucking insane it is that this went down, don't think about eating ass now because it's obviously a first date activity. <laughs> right? People talk about all the time. It's not the taboo it once was. Think about eating ass in the 90s. The 90s, you guys. Like, if you listen to any rap from the 90s, half of it is men insulting other men by insinuating that they've ever gone down on a woman. Like, that was an insult. Like, you have given pleasure to a woman you love. Like, that was, cunnilingus was fucking taboo. Ass eating was beyond, you guys. And this woman got the president, the most powerful man, down on knees or however they did it. Uh, <laughs> they didn't go into that much detail in the Star Report. Uh, I'm just saying she's a fucking pioneer. <laughs> she's a goddamn pioneer. We should salute her. Thank you, Monica Lewinsky, for getting a footnote in the Star Report submitted to Congress. This phrase is now official, is part of the official congressional record of the history of our country, oral anal contact. It's footnote 28. Uh, page, I don't know. But yeah, fucking, it's, uh, it's too bad. I've been, like I said, you know, that made me angry. Made me so angry that she's not getting the credit that she's deserved. In general, I'm pretty angry. Um, pretty angry. <laughs> Just random targets to shoot it at. Uh, but I think, but I'm trying to calm down, right? Like, do you guys, are you guys happy? No, do you have any friends who are happy? Yeah? Like, actually? Yeah? What, what cult are they in? <laughs> is it, is it fun? Is it? I'm, I'm like down to join a cult at this point, right? I have a couple questions, like what's the fashion like? I don't, I don't wanna wear all maroon, I like patterns. Like as long as I can keep my sartorial freedom, I will give you all my money. Um, second question, how much sexual abuse? <laughs> Cause like I'm not saying it's gotta be zero. Like if I'm getting all the answers, pure happiness, a little sexual abuse is fine. I mean, let's look like if we're doing a cost benefit analysis, what I'm starting with here in the non-cult world is not a zero sexual abuse situation, right? So I'm expecting a little, just like not too much more. Um, <laughs> yeah. Uh, burn. Oh, uh, that is my cult. <laughs> um, and yeah, a lot of sexual abuse at Burning Man. It's not, it's not what they, they tell you like, oh, people are gonna be naked because their bodies are free. No, it is a highly sexualized environment. I was never been more covered. <laughs> like uh, my first day I got to Burning Man, my first year, sun's out. I'm dressed like a Jawa in Star Wars because I'm fucking fluorescent. The skin was evolved over centuries of like living in caves, I guess. I don't know, my ancestors are Irish. They've never seen the sun. Uh, so I cover head to toe and we arrive. I'm so excited. I walk to the bathroom. First thing is a group of dudes walk by me and they go, why do you have your clothes on? Gross. Where's the love? Where's, where's the non-judgment? Where's the radical acceptance? Like this is practical. Um, 
But no, I have been, so I have been trying to be less angry, right? I have friends who are hippies. Um, they're in cults. I try to get some of the wisdom without buying. Um, I have a friend. <laughs> I'm not there yet, right? Like, I want a sample. The, I want a little sample before I buy in. Um, I have a friend who, oh my God, she is like a cloud. She just floats around unbothered by anything that impacts her. And I'm like, what's your secret? She's like, I don't see negative things. I'm like, bull fucking shit. That's, that's just crazy. That's just crazy, right? But I believe her now. I believe her because she went with me on the BART because I have very high anxiety going on BART. I once got way too high after I watched a Steven Seagal movie. And right underneath, when we were right underneath the bay, I thought about what happens if the earthquake hits now. So now all I can do when I'm in a BART is look around at every other person in the car and think about how useless they're going to be in an emergency type situation, <laughs> right? Like that dude muttering to himself, useless, not going to help with planning or execution. That tired woman with her child, burdens, both of them. I'm getting out of this fucking thing. So she went, so my friend went with me on the BART so I could calm down, not have a panic attack. Uh, we're on the BART for like maybe two stops. All of a sudden I see... There's a dude in the corner masturbating. Cool, dope, ex fun, great. I'm like, do you see that shit? This is what I'm fucking talking about. This is why I'm like getting to a point where maybe I don't want to leave my home. She goes, what, dude? Like right there, she goes, oh, I didn't even see him. This is your problem. You, fo you focus on the negative. I'm like, you know what? You're right. Because you know what I wasn't looking at while I was focused upon that one man enjoying himself? Every single gentleman on that car who had not pulled their dicks out, right? How much consideration, how much appreciation am I not having for all the men who adhere to a very low social standard, <laughs> right? Focus on them, I'll be a lot more happy. In fact, I can go further than that. Like, instead of, you know, taking offense at this man just trying to eke out a little pleasure in our fucking day-to-day -day lives... I could take it as the compliment I'm sure he meant it as, right? I don't know exactly who he was directing it at, but one of us on that car was probably catching his eye. True, he did choose to give this compliment in an enclosed space from which there was no escape, but not every moment's the most opportune, and I can't judge him for that. Can't judge him for that. Um, I've been applying it to my own like sex life, right? Like I date a lot of dudes. Um, and I find that in the city, they tend to be the extreme ends of a spectrum that go from pure hippie to pure autism. Uh, nothing in between, right? Like on one end, can't relate to other people, can't make eye contact. On the other end, can't not empathize with a tree. Like, so, but these hippie dudes, they've helped me, right? I used to get mad when a man, uh, didn't even seem to care about my pleasure during sex, but now I realized his orgasm, we're all one in this universe. It's really our orgasm. We're all connected. The differentiation between people is an illusion. Oh, now it's almost as good as coming. It's great. <laughs> all right, guys, thank you so much. I've been Annette. Annette Mullaney bringing up a really beautiful, tenuous question of catcalling versus complimenting. What's the difference? How fine is that line? How fine is that line? Uh, when I uh, 
dress prettily in the tenderloin, people will give me compliments. You know, like, uh, hey, girl, you've been living a long time to look 22. <laughs> that is a compliment. That is not catcalling. That is a compliment. That's kind. Lovely. I was wearing a skirt the other day because it's hot out. A nice gentleman says to me, girl, you got a nice fit on today. Now, I get that. It's a double entendre. I am fit. I'm wearing a nice outfit. I like that. I am down with it. It is not catcalling. It is complimenting. But then he says, nice skirt. Can I get under there and get a sniff? <laughs> and that is where we move into catcalling. And that is when I say, dude, that is gross. Why do you want to smell my boyfriend's cum? Like, <laughs> like... Kind of gay, bro. Like, I don't know. You like smelling cum? I don't know. <laughs> so good. Uh, the only thing I can do is just uh, think like, oh, wow, well, he knows what a freshly plowed sm field smells like. So, so I, what I just did there was I did a racist joke couched in a homophobic joke couched in a feminist joke. So I'm very proud of that joke. <laughs> oh, yeah, I hit all sides. Thank you for laughing at that. I know. I'm like, freshly plowed field, that's a little dark, Pam. It's a dark black field. That it, wasn't, it was only 175 years ago. We used to own people. Isn't that crazy? We used to own people. You're white. I'm white. We used to own people. <laughs> what does that even mean? Sorry, I just, I've been reading too much lately. Your next comic, he reads a lot. He's a lovely young man. You're gonna, you don't read a lot? You look like a man that reads a lot. You look like a young, you look, you look, you look like a, uh, well, you have a beard, so I'm not gonna call you Abraham Lincoln. I'm sure he read a lot by candlelight. I heard things that, back when people used to actually learn things instead of looking them up on the internet. <laughs> Remember? <laughs> That was in Lincoln's time. Uh, your next comedian, really funny guy. Put your hands together for John Alcovage. Thank you. Um, yeah, no, I don't read much. I, I do a lot. I maintain a look that says that maybe I read. It's specifically so that I don't have to read. Um, I try. I go into bookstores sometimes and look around, but and I, I don't think they know. I walk out without a book and they just think that I'm that much smarter. They're like, shit, there's nothing, nothing to satiate his appetite for knowledge. Guess we'll have to do better next time. Keep them on their toes. Small business owners, got to keep them on their toes. And then I fucking sit on their stoop outside and order a dumb coffee table book from Amazon.com. Um... I, um, let's see. First of all, are there any cops? There's no, I don't know. I've been asking. I've been asking that recently because, like, you just never know. Like, you never know. I don't know. There could easily be, not here necessarily, but, like, most shows there could easily be a cop. You know what I mean? It's like cops are people, or, you know? Or, like, you know what I mean? They have human skin and human eyeballs. <laughs> And they can easily walk right into an Old Navy and just buy human clothes. So you just never know. Um, and I always like to say, like, I don't feel super malicious towards cops. Um, 
Like, I, if you're a cop and you're here, you're like the worst person here, but you're also probably the coolest person in your platoon, <laughs> I like to think. You know, it's like, thanks for coming to comedy night, officer. Thank you, sir. I appreciate that. Um, you're effectively, and for my knowledge, you're the only person here who could be a cop. Just, I'm not saying you are. You're probably not. You're pro I'm just saying all these other people, I've, like, blown weed in their face at one point or another. So, I don't think you're a cop. Um, I know. I, I don't mean it. I... You're not a cop. <laughs> or if you are a cop, you're, like, really cool because you, like, were pretended to be offended by being called a cop. So you, like, get it. Yeah, you know. You're like, oh, yeah, I'm not a cop. Why would you say I'm a cop? That's, that's what more cops should do. Just be like, I'm not a cop. What are you talking about? Just get offended. Why would I be a cop? Um, why would you be a cop, though? That's the thing is people say, like, it's really hard to be a cop. And it's like, yeah, but it's so easy to never become a cop. <laughs> Like, just don't show up on the first day of cop school and they'll give your spot away to someone else. That's how I recall it going down in college. Or, like, just watch the show Cops and pretend you're that guy. How about that? If you really feel that so inclined. Um, I was talking about how cops are bad. Cops are bad? Yeah, yeah. Cops are bad. Cool. Glad we're on the same page. Cops are bad. Um... I don't know. I feel like if I was a cop, if I somehow ended up being a cop somehow, I would really try to lean into the donut stereotype, though. Like, it's kind of how I would try to brand myself as a donut cop. Just be an easy out to be like, oh, no, I'm not one of those racist murdery cops. I'm like a charming donut cop. I have sprinkles in my beard. It's actually very delightful, if you think about it. I'm a small town. The only people I arrest are bank robbers in black and white. <laughs> I'm that kind of cop. Um, I do want to, I want to go commit a crime in just a black and white fucking striped jumpsuit with a little hat that's not just fabric. Um, I, uh, yeah. I'm pretty f afraid of guns. Guns scare me a lot. Um, and like, I don't know, just gun culture is weird because it's like people who are like really hardcore about guns are like and like kind of build a whole life and a whole like passion around guns are always the same people who make the argument about the second amendment like well that it's just for self-defense right it's so we all, the only reason i have guns is for self-defense but it's like nobody's that rock hard about their in-home security system like it's is it really for self-defense if you get that excited about it I don't know. Nobody's like walking around with a fire extinguisher like nope no fires today bro not happening. I'll put it right out. Not even firefighters do that shit. Firefighters are chill. They don't go around looking for crime or fire. They just hang out at the station and just wait until they get that call and they get to go down the pole. Do you think, do you think there are any old firefighters who are like, I'm not doing the pole anymore. <laughs> I'm done with the pole. It saves like 30 seconds at most. You guys go down the pole and start it up and then I'll just jump in. I'm not I know, we all used to be really excited about the poll and we joined. That was why we all joined, I know. That's, I assume that's why cops or why f firefighters. 
I feel like that if you're the like the prototype of a person who wants to like go be a cop and like save the day and like enforce the law, just be a firefighter because firefighters also get to enforce the law. They just get to enforce laws that nobody disagrees with, like the law that houses aren't allowed to be on fire. <laughs> no one's arguing. Kitty cats aren't allowed to be stuck in trees. That's a great law. Pancakes have to be free once a month at a disclosed location. I'm all for that. Yeah, I, uh, the NRA is freaky. I like, I feel like every time there's a mass shooting, like they, the NRA like makes some sort of point that's like almost getting there. Like they're like, it's not, it's not like guns, it's bullying or it's not guns, it's, like social media or whatever the fuck and it's like I want the like they keep almost getting it but like I want it to come so full circle that like NRA CEO Wayne LaPere is just on TV after the next mass shooting like folks this isn't an, a, an issue of guns this is an issue of about toxic masculinity uh, I've looked into this stuff and listen if some of a young man wants to get a gun he's gonna get a gun cause I'm gonna give it to him Wayne LaPere baby that should, just be, that should just be their catchphrase. If someone wants to get a gun, they're going to get a gun because we're going to fucking give it to them. They're not, that's not incorrect. That's uh, pretty much true. Yeah, that's how it, just how it goes. Um, I don't think I'd be very good on, on a jury. Um, I've never gotten jury duty before, but I think I'd be bad at it just because I feel like at a certain point in the trial, like I'd be making some point and somebody else on the jury would bring up like something about the law and what the law would say about it and I would accidentally let slip. I'd be like, okay, well, who gives a fuck about the law? <laughs> we just care about the law? All the what? I didn't realize we're a bunch of fucking nerds. And the judge is like, this is a court, sir. And I'm like, I'm so sorry, your honor. Who gives a fuck about the law? What are we doing? <laughs> I have half a mind to kick your ass right now, buddy. That's what I'm, I always threaten to kick the judge's ass. It's a power move. He will make you the judge, and you will be the judge. Um, I uh, something that was new to me moving to this city was like just BDSM culture. Um, I guess that was just new to me in my adulthood. I didn't wasn't told about it at at school. They didn't let me know. Um, I like I wasn't used to like just meeting people at parties that were like master and slave, and it's fine. Like I I had to adapt to that because it always just. Like I, I get it now. I think I'm. I think I'm starting to get it. The culture of it, but it just always felt like there's this weird, like looming culture that's asking the question, like, do you want to have or be a slave? And I'm just like, well, kind of. But I thought we said we're not doing that, didn't we? <laughs> Say we're not doing that. And then the response is like, well, no. I mean, if everyone's a consenting adult and you draw clear boundaries and communicate well, you can do that sort of thing. Um, and I'm like, that's dope, but it's a lot easier for me personally if we just do no slaves as a general rule. Isn't that s nice and simple? You can write it down on your hand in case you forget it. Oh yeah, we can't do slaves. We fucked that up last time. Very sorry. Um, all right, hey, that's been my time. Thank you. <laughs>
And then I went to some really cool uh, things and some workshops. And I have a safe word. My safe word is cinnamon. I should tell everyone. That's the whole point of a safe word. You're supposed to tell everybody so that things don't get too crazy. This is a safe word. I'm so vanilla, though. Like, uh, we, I don't even know how to talk dirty at all. It's just so embarrassing. And no, it's terrible. I have no idea what to say. He knows it's true. Like, we don't know what to say to each other. And so I was like, put on the headset because I've heard what you say to those 12-year-old boys in Korea. You know, it's like... Come on, you guys, let's get these fuckers, right? No, it's, it's all those first-person shooter games. You talk to all those children. They could be boys. They could be girls. We don't know, you know? It's, it's over there. My ex-husband had a problem with bots. He played a game called Lineage. That's deep dork. How, is anyone that deep of a dork? Nope, nope, just me. He had seven bots. One of the things that broke up our relationship is all of these, all this robot sex. You're, he's good. Jonathan's gonna go play uh, skateboard hockey. <laughs> that's a thing. Yeah, that's a thing. The dogs are clearly going to. No, but skateboard hockey is a thing. They they play hockey on skateboards, and every every time he comes home with more injuries, and then every week he buys more padding, and yet they, the two never seem to be catching up with each other. I'm like, are you gonna are you gonna buy the requisite padding so that this week you don't get hurt? Cause you I get it. Oh, he has knee pads. Uh, your next comedian, he's what a doll he is. Um, I don't want to ruin your joke by saying you look like Thomas the Tank Engine, but you fucking do. And every time, every time I hang out with small children and they make me watch Mr. Topham Hat and everything that's happening on that particular aisle, I think of you every single fucking time. Everybody, Pete Ballmer, yay! And everyone's like, oh, that was weird. Uh, I don't recognize whatever dialect of Caucasian that was. Also, this guy looks like a douchey Thomas the Tank Engine. Still gets a laugh. Thanks, Pam. She said that on the radio, too. I was listening. I was like, I don't think any of the listeners are going to come and, you know, get a hold of this. So that's fine. Uh, it's not Caucasian. It's Chinese. Uh, I took Chinese for seven years. I speak Chinese. And it's a bummer because I have no idea when I'm supposed to use it. I figured I'd try it in jokes, so I looked online, I uh, typed in, I looked up uh, Chinese jokes, which did not give me the kind of jokes that I was looking for. <laughs> Still a good to look at, though, I don't know. Uh, I have dumbass friends, though, who are like, oh, you speak Chinese? That could be super helpful for you when you're trying to talk to Chinese girls. Oh, yeah? Maybe in China, where there's like a language barrier and context. Not in America. How the fuck's that supposed to work? Just be talking to an Asian girl, ask if she's Chinese. Already a terrible direction to take things in. <laughs> be like, oh, your brother lives in St. Louis? She's down here. She's Chinese. Be like, oh, your brother lives in St. Louis? That's cool. I've never been, but I've certainly heard good things. Hey, speaking of places, are you Chinese? <laughs> I just ask, because we're having this awesome conversation in a language we're both fluent in, but I figure we could switch it up, go over to something that uh, I'm mediocre at and you may not speak at all. Ting hao la ma? Ah, mei ol, zai jian. Zai jian's goodbye, because in that simulation, she walks away. 
like going to it's it's it's, it's fine though because like at least that's still I, you know i don't have any reason to use my chinese but at least it's still like an interesting thing about me which is something we all like everyone likes to seem interesting but it's tough because very few people actually have interests like what what sir what kind of things are you interested in Oh, okay. That's a real fucking interest. Damn it. Yeah. There's like apparatus and you got to look things up online. There we go. What about you? What do, what kind of interest do you have? Hot sauce. Hot sauce. That's a fucking, yeah. <laughs> Applause break for hot sauce. Good man. I like this room. I don't have, I, 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 I like to pretend I have interests. Like I, if somebody asked me what my interests are, I'll say stand up comedy which doesn't count though, because I do stand up for like five to 15 minutes a day. And then after that, I'll go home and I'll smoke weed and play video games for like four hours. So that's my passion. This is a lie. I like going to, I like going to concerts. I don't pretend that's a thing that makes me interesting though. I like to go to concerts, but uh, it's unfortunate when I'm at concerts, I do not look like I'm having a good time, no matter how much of a good time I'm having. Cause uh, my go-to move at concerts the entire time I'm there is just this. Looks like kind of like I have to pee, but I'm also sad about it in a way. <laughs> not a good look. And most of the time people are chill to just let me do my thing and not bother me. Sometimes they're not. Like I went to a techno concert recently and if you've never been, don't go. <laughs> it's a terrible experience. Uh, if you're not familiar with techno music, it's kind of like, hey, what if computers could yell at us? <laughs> Three hours of that while you're getting bumped into by dudes that don't own mattress frames. Very unpleasant. I was there, though. I was there with my older brother, and I was doing my fucking thing. And uh, this guy comes up to me, and I think he must have seen my face, because he comes up to me, puts his hand on my shoulder, he goes, uh, yo, bro doing okay <laughs> which first of all is a stupid question because if the answer is no what's he gonna do <laughs> like ah sorry to hear you're having a bad evening pal here's a pinata filled with cocaine have a good evening <laughs> wanted to avoid that situation so I, he asked me how i'm doing i said yes and i gave him one of these to really sell it you know i don't think he believed me though because then he tried to convince me that i should be having a good time he goes uh yo um i don't know if you knew this or not but this guy on stage right now, this DJ, dude is a fucking wizard. Like he's been totally shredding it up there the whole time, but you can't even tell that he's changed the song. And that didn't help me feel better about the concert, <laughs> but it certainly made me pretty sad about the modern state of wizardry, you guys. <laughs> like they're all just shitty DJs now? Fuck. I got three roommates, all aspiring wizards, not a single letter from Hogwarts. Has really gone downhill since Dumbledore died. I don't know. I have a younger brother also. Anybody have a younger brother here? Oh, nice. What's his name? Leo. Leo? Is he nice? Oh, okay. <laughs> He's all right. <laughs> what did he do? <laughs> He's your little brother, dude. Fuck little brothers. They suck. Mine's nice. He's kind of old enough now where he's not annoying to me anymore. Uh, it's kind of cool. He actually celebrated an important birthday recently where he can go to bars now. It's good. You know, good thing for him. He's 24 years old. Or 19, depending on your ID you're looking at. 
Um, it's cool though, because as his little brother, I feel like I have an important duty where I have to teach him how we party, you know, like how we get down, motherfucker. I did this the other weekend. We were at a bar together, and we were standing outside. We were outside the bar, and he was like, Peter, when I go inside the bar, what should I do? And I was like, don't even trip, Aaron. Let me break it down for you. Okay, so first you're going to go in the bar. You're going to go up to the bar get a drink, right? It's going to take like 5,000 minutes to get a drink. It's going to cost like 10 times as much as you get it for at CVS. That's the whole reason we're here. After you get your drink, you're going to walk over and find a table, right? Oh, but all of the tables are always full, always. You're just going to kind of stand near a table and wait for them to leave, but they're never going to fucking leave because they like live there or something. So you just kind of keep standing there and you wait and you're going to talk to your friends, but as you get talking, you're going to talk like, Keep doing that for a while. Every now and then, you're going to go to the bathroom just to get a fresh change of pace, get a fresh go to other guys pee on your shoes. Do that. <laughs> go back to keep standing around. After you've been doing this for a while, you've had a couple drinks, feeling confident, feeling good, you're going to go up, talk to a girl, right? Walk up, say something smooth, say something like, hey, are you also having a good evening this evening? <laughs> and then she'll say something back like, um, no, I hate this place. Also, why are you so sweaty? And you'll be like, I don't know. Okay, goodbye. And then you'll go back to, to your friends. After everyone in your group has done this, then you guys are going to walk out to the bar, and on the way out, you're going to think to yourself, you're going to be like, oh, wow, that rejection really hurt. I'm a piece of shit person. Everyone hates me. Fuck me. I'm going to die alone. Everyone hates me forever. Fuck me. And you're too drunk to realize that if you were maybe just a little bit less sweaty, you could have gotten a number. After that, though, it's cool because you're going to go home, you're going to smoke weed, you're going to order a pizza, you're going to watch TV. You've already seen before and wake up the next day and feel like shit. And that's how we fucking party! told that to my little brother. He was like, I don't want to go to the bar anymore. <laughs> I was like, yeah, it's terrible. We don't have to go this time, but you're going to go a lot because life is lonely. Because mm. <laughs> I got my car broken into recently. Yeah, it's not fun. Always shitty. Um, but it sucks especially bad because I'm 23 years old. And when you're 23 and you get your car broken into, and then you tell someone who is older than you that you got your car broken into, they like to do this fun thing where they give you tips on how to avoid getting your car broken into. Like, that didn't just fucking happen. You tell anyone, they'll turn into, like, your Midwestern aunt and be like, well, did you leave a bag in the back seat? Did you park it in a bad neighborhood? Sorry, sweetie, it's just going to happen. Fuck is that? I can learn a lesson. Yeah, there's a bag in the back seat. It's not there anymore. <laughs> That's also not something that people will do for most of the crimes that'll happen to you. Like, it's not like if I get my house burned down, anybody's going to be like, well, did you build it out of wood? you put it in a neighborhood with a lot of arsonists or Santa Rosa? Sorry. <laughs> yeah, it was a while ago. So many worse things have happened since then. It's mostly vacation houses. They're all fine. Like John, guys, I don't read very much. Uh, but like John, I also like to seem like I read. But you have way sicker facial hair than me, so you pull it off. People don't assume that I read. But I do like to seem like I read a lot. Uh, so when people ask me stuff about books, like what my favorite book is, I'll say Jane Eyre because it's like a good, you know, smart, smart book. But uh, it's tough because I've never read Jane Eyre. So when people are assholes and like to ask me follow-up questions, like, hey, Pete, what's your favorite part of the book, Jane Eyre? I don't know the plot. So what I do is I pretend the plot of Jane Eyre is the plot of Jurassic Park. But instead of saying dinosaurs, I'll say Jane Eyre. So be like, oh, God, well, so favorite part of the book, Jane Eyre, has got to be when they extract the Jane Eyre DNA from the mosquito and populate the island with Jane Eyres. <laughs> Either that or when the Jane Eyres break out of the electric fence and kill Newman from Seinfeld. <laughs> Turns out not that many people have read Jane Eyre. Everyone's way too content with my responses. They're like, oh, yeah, dude, those parts are awesome in the book. Good for you for reading, man. He's been doing stand-up for about four years now. Yeah, it's a fun it's a fun thing for me. Thank you. Thank you. And look look where it's gotten me. Yeah.
in here, we got the dog, dog fighting scheduled at the same time outside. What the fuck has been going on? Does Michael Vick hang out outside of Mutiny Radio? Jesus Christ. Glad we shut the door. I was hoping to do some crowd work with the canines. That's not going to work out. Now, stand-up's fun, though, and one of the reasons I like it is that you get, to get a good, you get a good, you get to get a good sense of other people's sense of humor, mostly because people will come up to you and tell you stupid shit that they think is funny. Like, I had this neighbor, and his name is Jeff, and we first found out I did stand-up, he came up to me, he was like, hey, Pete, um, are you doing jokes these days? Well, I got a joke idea for you. And I was like, all right, well, you've always been a funny guy. Lay it on me. And he's like, okay, all right, um, so here's the joke. So I was at the blood bank recently, and I was going to give blood at this blood bank. But before I could give blood at the blood bank, the nurse at the blood bank was like, hey, before you give blood at this blood bank, are you gay? And I was like, yeah, cool. And then what happens in the rest of the joke, Jeff? And he was like, nah, that's it. You going to use it? And I was like, yeah, Probably. And in the back of my head, I was kind of like, oh, this is cool. This is going to just be a, a thing I forget about. Uh, Jeff's probably got tons of other things going on in his life. He's not going to remember this. Fucking nope. Uh, I've seen Jeff seven times in the last four years. Each time he's come up to me, he's like, hey, use that blood bank joke I gave you. And I have to be like, oh, no, sorry. I haven't done it yet. So pretty clear I'm not going to be able to get him off my back until I do the joke. Can I do the joke for you guys real quick? Would that work? We're on air. He'll, he'll hear this maybe. All right, sweet. Hey guys, uh, I was at the blood bank recently and I was going to get blood at the blood bank but before I could get blood at the blood bank, the nurse at the blood bank was like, hey, before you get blood at this blood bank, are you gay? And I was like, yeah, I am, but my blood's not. <laughs> cool, thanks for letting me do that. Uh, if you laugh, that was a nice thing to do. I'm going to tell Jeff no one laughed though because I don't want him to think that he has good ideas. Also, he totally hasn't figured this out yet but I'm pretty sure Jeff's gay. And that's the only way the punchline works, guys. All right, that's my time. Thanks so much. Give it up for your host. Thomas the Tank Engine, yay! I meet Pete Palmer, yay! That's a lot of fun. Uh, when I used to give blood uh, for the donuts, primarily, because you got free donuts and I was very poor, and also because it's a free STD test. I always figured, like, if I give blood, they'll tell me if it's a problem. You know what I mean? Like, they'll come to me. I just give blood, I get the free donuts. They'll tell me if there's a problem. <laughs> right? Wouldn't they? Do they not? Should I look that up? Because that's what I was using as STD protection for, like, my entire 20s and 30s. I just give blood. I figured that they checked that. <laughs> I don't know. <laughs> right? I don't know how the world works. I don't understand. I'm like, oh, the reason I used to give blood when I was in college is that A, they gave me free donuts, and B, I could drink four less beers for the night and be so wasted. <laughs> like, two natty lights on seven pints instead of eight pints of blood. There's eight pints, right? Are there nine? How many pints of blood do we have in our body? Anyways, you have one less, and you add two PBRs, and now we're having a good motherfucking time. You know what I'm talking about? <laughs> College, so good. Uh, your next comedian, what a gem she is. Thank you so much for hosting the Happy Hour Open Mic. I hope that you had a great time doing that. Uh, it seemed like everybody was having an awesome time, and it was full to the very end. She's a hilarious person, and you guys are going to laugh your asses off. Clap your hands wildly. For Evelyn Erie Diamond, yay! Thank you. 
Thank you very much. I uh, have you guys ever had a uh, cocaine offered to you? Have you? you had cocaine offered to you? I gotta tell you guys something that I've had it offered to me a couple times, and um, and I I don't do cocaine, and so I was like, no, thank you, but you know, and they looked baffled, just like why would anybody turn down cocaine? And apparently that is not a normal thing. Um, and just so you know, that wasn't a joke. I just wanted to give you a little snapshot of my day. So <laughs> it's uh, just a little snapshot of my day. I um, Have any of you guys ever uh, been broken up with by text? Has that ever happened? Does that happen, that happen to you? Yeah. Oh my God, what did they say? Wow, um, I I had that happen. I it wasn't Burning Man, but I uh, I had somebody break up with me by text. They they wrote, um, I don't think we should see each other anymore because, and then like that was it. That was like the end of the text. And I was like really hoping that they were like writing it while they walked across the street and just got fucking plowed by a car. You know what I mean? I was just like, and then. And then like, and then I started, I was like, because what? You know, I'm, I, I was curious. I'm like, because if, you, if you're not dead, tell me why. You know what I mean? Like, because what? And I, I'm, I texted him like, t- like 20 times in like three minutes. Like, what the fuck? Are you going to fucking tell me? You know what I mean? And, uh, and then he just wrote uh, needy back. That's all he wrote. Aww. Just, just, so I broke up with him. You know, kind of. I don't know. I like to always say that. I like to say. I like to say when I right before I go on stage to do comedy that I'm gonna quit right before I go on. Just that way, if I bomb, it's like fine. You can't fire me. I already quit. So, you know, that's what I. So I like, for instance, just now that joke that was should have. I forgot to quit. Damn it. <laughs> Shit. I don't know. I um I was walking down the street the other day, you guys, and this guy did one of these gestures to me. Have you guys seen this one? Yeah, right? And I was just like, who gives a sideways blowjob, you guys? <laughs> like, what the fuck is that? You know what I mean? It's just, I don't know. I, You know, this is the thing, too. This is the thing. I feel like, I feel like, I don't like when guys like stare at me and make gestures and say things to me. You know what I mean? And it's gotten to the point now where like I won't even masturbate in public. I won't do it. I won't do it. Like last time I was like, dude, why are you staring at me? Why aren't you watching the puppet show? You know what I mean? Just like, excuse me, my eyes are up here, okay? You know, just, I don't know. I, I came up with something that I think has uh, been working for me, though. This, uh, what, what I started doing was, when I know I'm going to be walking around on the street, I bring a butcher knife. <laughs> yeah, and I just walk around like this. And I, guess what? No one cat calls me anymore. <laughs> I don't know why. I don't know why. Although, uh, this one guy did. This one guy was like... Uh, He's like, hey, baby, and I turned around, and I said, you know what? No, I don't, never mind. 
the joke you know have you guys ever had like the jokes kind of going nowhere and you just decide i'm just going to stop saying the joke in the middle of the joke that's what i'm going to start doing from now on that's what i'm going to start doing i um took one of those ancestry.com tests have you guys done this it's kind of cool right it's kind of cool uh, I found out that I am 20% Irish, I'm 30% French, and yeah, yeah, and I'm 50%, wow, my mom is a fucking liar, yes, <laughs> yes, it's 100% true, uh, guy who I thought was my dad, not my dad, what, I know, totally know how Jesus felt, <laughs> just, but like I can prove that my dad exists, so. That's the difference there. I um, <laughs> I don't know. No, I forgave my mom. I forgave my mom. Um, she she's actually coming up to visit me recently, and uh, she I asked her, you know, you want to stay at my house? And she has just recently gotten married to like a younger dude, and this is what she said to me. Kind of gross. I don't know what you guys think. Uh, she said, I don't want to stay with you because I may want to get physical with my husband. It's like super gross. But then I was thinking, wow, she's showing a lot more respect for my house than I ever showed for her house. Okay, like I got physical with a lot of guys at her place. So there's that. I don't know. Uh, you guys like porno movies? Who likes porno movies? Yeah? Yeah, you like them? You like them? Yeah? I love how you're like, oh, yeah, I like them. That's good. I like them. Yeah, I don't, I don't like them, actually. I don't like them. What'd you say? There's good ones and bad ones. Tell me a good one. It's a good name. No, you don't. <laughs> the Goodfellas porn. Oh, I don't know what you're talking about. I was hoping I could like riff on what you were saying, but it turns out I have no idea what you're talking about right now. I, you know, you know what? I, I don't like them because I find them to be incredibly predictable. That's why I don't like them. Like just once, I would love like a good twist ending. You know what I mean? Like uh, I was thinking, uh, what if M. Night Shyamalan did a porno movie? Okay, like directed one, right? This is what I think it'll look like. It'll look like this. Uh, it'll look like this. Ah, uh, oh, that was great. Oh my God, he's been dead the whole time. <laughs> That's why he was so stiff. Okay. Yeah. yeah, this is why I wish there was like a drummer, like ting ting, like that would be. Here, I'll do my other joke that's like that. I, uh, I, so I, I made a bucket list. Have you guys made a bucket list yet? Any of you guys made a bucket list? No, I'm older, so I made. You started one. Oh, good. Did you start one? For him. For him. <laughs> oh, you're a murderer. I get it now. <laughs> Wouldn't that be great if like if like you knew you were gonna kill somebody and you just started making their bucket list for them and then like it would almost be like a make a wish thing and they'd be like, Wow, this is awesome. Who bought me a balloon ride? You know what I mean? And then it's like <laughs> sorry. Um, I have a bucket list. I have a bucket list. Uh, uh, I wanna go skydiving. Wanna go skydiving? I think that'd be cool. Uh, fuck a black guy. That's on everybody's list, right? Everybody's got that one. N 
No. Okay. Yeah, I got that one. And um, uh, no, what? No, black heart. What do you think? I think. I mean, <laughs> are we having a conversation? <laughs> it's okay. Oh, now you're not allowed to talk anymore during my set. Um, no, and you know uh, what I really want to do though is I want to own a racehorse. Like this is what I was thinking. Um, hear me out. Like if I owned a racehorse. I would name it a dead horse. Okay. okay, because think about it. Like, if he's a winner, that's awesome, right? But almost better if he's a loser, because then the announcer will be like, wow, and coming in last place, everybody keeps beating a dead horse. You know, sometimes you do, uh, you, you go to comedy shows and you're like, oh, I hope nobody else does my joke. Uh, that never happens. But that joke, just try to make them weird and unfunny and you won't have to worry about it any more. I, <laughs> I, <laughs> um, uh, you guys, I, I, <laughs> I also, I want to thank Pam. Give it up for your host, Pam. Pam is awesome. Uh, one of the things I love about Pam is that Pam is a huge, huge fan of comic, of of comics and comedy. She loves it. She's awesome. Um, I I always say like she's she's almost like wants to do the wave when she hears a good joke. She's like woo! So it's awesome. I um no I love comedy too. Uh, there are some things I don't like about comedy, like um like a little bit more about me. I fucking hate it when people say that. That's, that's a little bit more about me, just so you know. <laughs> what I want to tell you guys about. I, uh, <laughs> I'm pretty sure I'm a werewolf. Pretty sure on that. Yeah, no. Uh, this is how I know. Every time I drink or go out drinking, uh, there is a point in the night when I black out. And I'm pretty sure that's when I'm changing. And... Yeah, and then like when I wake up, I don't know where I am or how I got there. So, now I know what you guys are thinking. You're like, hey, it only happens when you drink. Maybe you're not a werewolf. Maybe you're the Hulk. Yes. <laughs> I have thought of that. But Hulk always wakes up with his pants on, so nope. Uh, uh, great news, great news. Don't hear much about people catching crabs these days. That's, yeah, yeah. Um, although I was talking about this like a couple days ago at a gig and this one guy way in the back just goes, nope. So like simper crabs, you know what I mean? Like that's, or simper, I'm not sure which one it is. I um, no, I have a friend who actually she's caught the clap like three times, and I know I I, I actually nicknamed her applause like for fun, and just she's my friend, and uh, but she thinks I'm gross. She thinks I'm gross because I don't always put that um, paper toilet seat cover thing on the toilet before I go, you know, in public restrooms. And she thinks that that's disgusting. This is the girl that I can take to a nightclub 
and like she'll meet a guy and a half an hour later she'll blow him in the bathroom you know like I don't know if she puts the paper paper toilet seat protector thing on the base of the penis I'm not sure exactly and like what does that protect you from you know what I mean just pubes I think that's all that's all it really (laughs) what'd you say maybe crabs maybe crabs but those are eradicated already, so, <laughs> except for that one guy, <laughs> sorry, <laughs> that's so awesome, I, um, <laughs> I, no, I was on this blind date one time a long time ago, and, um, like, right in the middle of the date, I was just like, I am way out of your league, you know what I mean, like, I said it out loud, and, uh, it was, it was awkward, it was awkward, because, we were already having sex and yeah and the guy was cool though the guy was he was like uh do you want me to stop you know and I was like nah let's just finish up you know and I'm just gonna deny this later so it's cool so that was you know a lot of times I don't like to tell jokes that make people laugh because I feel like (laughs) it's like pandering you know what I mean just like, I'm just pandering to you guys. No, I used to be really slutty. That's the thing. That's what I'm trying to say here with all these jokes. I used to be really slutty. And here's the thing, you guys. I slept around so much. I don't know. I might have some kids out there I don't even know about. You know what I mean? <laughs> I did not always use protection. <laughs> so I'm not like 100%. So I don't know. I... I, um, you know, I can't do my Mercanthong joke because there's no, there's no, oh, one? I have one? Oh, man. Okay, I'm going to, I want to, I want to tell you guys, um, I feel really close to you guys, especially because it's been more of a conversation than me making you laugh. And um, I want you guys to know something. Uh, I want to share with you one of my favorite uplifting quotes. Uh, This was a quote that I got off a poster in my second grade class. Um, It was a little cartoon kitty hanging off a little cartoon branch. And underneath it, it said, hang in there, kitty, anonymous. And he wrote so much shit. And um, here's the thing, you guys. If I see one of you guys on stage, you know, or out in the world, and you look across the room and you see me, and I do this. I'm telling you guys to hang in there, kitty. Okay? Hang in there. Hang in there. I'm Erie Diamond. Thank you very much. Erie Diamond, everyone. Hooray. Yay. Crabs and lice are the same. It's just location, location, location. Don't live in the tenderloin is the answer to that question. But crabs and lice are the same. I, I don't know why they give them different names. Also, chlamydia is not a flower. The more you know, <laughs> it's important lessons to learn. Your next comedian, I know, people don't know that. They're like, oh, it sounds so good. But that's, <laughs> Clymenestra was a cl- queen. Chlamydia is not a flower. It's... Um, What's the name of the chrysanthemum? 
chrysanthemum is the flower. Uh, your next comedian, what a funny guy. Please clap your hands together for Luke Newman. Yeah. Oh my, oh my, oh my God. Yeah. Well, how much time do I get? 10 minutes. All right. We got three folks in here. What's your name, sir? Matt. What are you doing here? After me? All right. All right, Matt. All right. Uh, so I'll make it quick. Sorry, man. Fucking, I was like, thought this guy was in the audience. He's waiting for my ass to get off the stage. All right. That's so good. I got to, if you ever become successful, you get a Netflix special. I got the perfect name. Uh, maybe Crabs. No, maybe, I don't know. Maybe crabs, maybe, I don't know. I don't fucking know. What I'm going to do here is I'm going to put $5 in this bucket here. No, I'm going to do it. Because I always come here and fucking fuck around. It's a nice place. And I don't have to use data on my phone to record my set. I can just hit the website later and uh, and then, you know, cry about it. <laughs> uh, no. Um no, I jack off to it. No, I'm just kidding. A little bit of both. I don't, I don't know. I don't fucking know. But I had to do it. I had to do it because everybody's like, you know, fucking, you just put your money towards something good. You know what I'm saying? Like, and I'm like, yeah, I try. You always spending money on alcohol. You know what I'm saying? <laughs> put it towards something of good cause. You know what I mean? It's like, you know, you're always spending on I'm like, yeah. Is there, is there a judgment there? Spending it on. On alcohol, look, look, it be the change you want to see in the world. Look how it happens. No, but I'm, I'm, always, I always get mad at people that are, they're like fucking. Oh, you just, you can't. The only reason you can't pay your fucking phone bill is you spend it on drugs and, and alcohol and shit. And I was like, listen, man, I got a disease, okay? I got a, I got a fucking disease, Matt. You know, it's like if if it was a comedian up here, you know, with cancer. You know what I'm saying? He'd be like, oh, you're spending all your money on chemotherapy. Why don't you put some in the, in the fucking... All right. That was, uh, that was a little bit insensitive, and I apologize. <laughs> if I had to go for it, I don't know. I don't fucking know, man. Uh, so I've been wearing these pants. Been wearing these pants the last few days. Got them from my French uncle. And everybody's, I got, I come, you know, I come from East Oak and I come from a rough bunch of folks, you know, so like you can't just wear purple pants for, somebody's going to say something, you know, so, but I don't give a fuck. I'm like, look, they fit, you know what I'm saying? They're French. Come on. <laughs> you know, but they were, they were like, oh, let's look at this motherfucker wearing purple pants. What are you, some kind of fag? You know, you know, that's what they say to me. And I'm like, first of all, okay, don't use that that word okay that's disrespectful okay you know what i'm saying don't you guys agree should not use that word fag should not use it all right i'm sorry i say it with love does that did that offend you guys all right sorry but anyway they, they say what are you wearing purple pants i'm like all right first of all don't use the fucking f word okay that's disrespectful you know what i'm saying i got fucking neighbors that are fags okay so don't fucking disrespect them okay 
Second of all, this is not purple. This is roasted lavender. Okay. If you don't like that Parisian dusk, I'll do. Okay, just the color of my fucking pants. Don't come up with no no uncreative name for this color. You know what I'm saying? If you're gonna talk shit, come up with something better than that. You know what I'm saying? I don't know. Okay. Yeah, you know what I'm saying. You know what I'm saying? Home homeless indica. I don't know. <laughs> I don't fucking know, man. Uh, so, so uh, let me tell you guys some jokes. Let me tell you. Let me do some of my my material. Okay. Uh, so I'm a white guy. You guys are looking at me like no shit. Some people don't. They don't get it. But you guys, I can tell you guys are a sharp crowd. You knew right off the bat. I got I got up on stage. You guys are like that's that's a white guy right there. It's a Caucasian. I know a Caucasian when I see one. That guy's definitely a fucking Caucasian with his fucking purple pants. Again, roasted lavender. Um, I don't fucking know, but but uh, but yeah, man. I and uh, I'm fucking. It's real, man. I'm white and uh, and guilty about it. You know what I'm saying? I got that white guilt. People. I don't know, man. I think bad, like tr- the whole Trump thing was just a backlash against the white guilt situation you know what i'm saying that's just the guilt was building we didn't do anything wrong what do you mean it's like well you know maybe you did maybe talk to a therapist or something it's not bullshit the situation white people are very guilty of a lot of shit it's just it's just a fact it's a fact and we got to live with that and we live with the benefits and, and but, but i have to say uh, it's a burden, man. It's not easy. You know, I didn't like the Louis C.K. But it was like, well, it's, it's, people are complaining about what? It's great being white. Shut your bitch ass up. You know what I'm saying? It is not great. If you have a hum- if you're a human being, you have a soul. It's, it's hard. You know what I'm saying? To live with that guilt. You know what I'm saying? Like, if you got a soul, it's like you don't want to. You got to be soulless to be like, oh, I'm white. Great. Fuck it. This is great. You know what I mean? Nah, man. It's 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 a lot of it's a lot of guilt there. You know, and it's rough to walk around with that burden. It's it's fucking rough, man. Black people, they had no idea how hard it is. They got no idea. It's rough, man. It's fucking it's a fucking challenge, you know what I'm saying? You know. Wish I wish I fucking they get they get to walk around with that clean conscience what I wouldn't give. That's where they get the swag from. I didn't do shit wrong. You know what I'm saying? You got me fucked up. <laughs> Meanwhile, white people got to walk around like a fucking chihuahua to just, you know what I'm saying, shit on the couch or something. <laughs> Sorry about that whole slavery thing. I don't know. Fucking sorry about that. Wouldn't that be some shit if, if like, white guilt was, like, or some shit you could get charged for in court? You know what I'm saying? You've been convicted of being white. You know, I don't know. But you wouldn't get any jail time. You'd just get, like, fucking alone. <laughs> <laughs> like some sunscreen and shit. I don't fucking know. I don't know, man. I don't fucking know. That's my that's my whole that's my that's my white people do this, black people do this. Take thing, thing, whatever. I don't fucking know. You got do Drake fans in the building? You look like a Drake fan. You like Drake? I knew it. I don't fuck with Drake. He's a piece of shit. 
I don't know. No, he's t- very talented. He's very talented. I like I like this video. You, you remember the God's Plan video? You seen that? You guys seen that? The one you guys didn't see it? I I love you guys. You guys who's Drake? I don't know. Off the grid over here. I like it. No, but Drake he had a he had a, a video of God's talking about God's plan, like, you know, God's plan is what I'm I'm meant to, you know, go from the bottom of the top, you know what I'm saying? He's like talking about how blessed he is and everything, how grateful he is. So the videos he goes into this uh, uh grocery store or whatever and he's like with with a bunch of money, he's like, I'm buying everybody's groceries, you know what I'm saying? It's beautiful. It's just like fucking if you got money, you know what I'm saying, help people out. I love it, you know what I'm saying? I love it. Great video. But he goes in there. Uh, you know what I'm saying? Stands up on the fucking register and shit, and uh, you know proceeds to buy everybody's fucking Pampers and uh, you know Frosted Flakes or whatever people could buy on the daily. Yeah, no, and it's great. It's beautiful. Yeah, no. But I just feel bad for the cashier. That's that motherfucker who was just sit- sitting at his thing as he gets up on the, on his, really bro, like I got customers, you know what I mean? You know, this is fucking, really, Drake, this is God's plan? This is, this is fucking, this is his plan for me to work at a fucking <laughs> Dollar Tree the rest of my life? This is God's plan? I don't know. So what's up with God's plan B, you know what I'm saying? I don't know. I don't know. I guess I'll tell uh, a joke here. I'll do a couple of things. All right, this is a couple of dialogues real quickly. You gotta, gotta get, I got the one minute thing. Here's a couple of dialogues real quickly. The first one you might get, the second one you'll definitely get. Um, you, you'll get it, you may not think it's funny, but you'll get it, I promise you. Uh, the first one is, the first dialogue is between a guy who's not so secure with himself and uh, uh, some fucking atheist. All right, so the atheist says to him, uh, this guy, this guy, not, not, he's not so secure with himself. He's like, he doesn't know where he's going in life. You know, and the atheist says, well, you know, you just got to have faith in yourself. And the guy says, what, are you talking shit? Okay, because he's atheist and he doesn't believe in faith. That's a joke there. That's terrifying. And then the second one is a, a fucking dialogue between a guy named Bob and his wife, Jean. Okay, Matt, sorry, you're going to get up in a second. Uh, Bob and Jean. Bob, Jean's like, eh, you know, she doesn't know. Bob is like, eh, yeah. and Bob goes to Jean. He goes, look, listen, Jean, uh, I love you, Jean. You know, and Jean is like, who's you, Jean? All right, that's the fucking <laughs> joke. Uh, thank you guys very much. All, all, for you guys for listening. Thank, you. thank you, Pam, for putting me on. Appreciate it. Guys are also champions for hanging out. I have one real quick atheist joke before we bring up our headliner. There is only one God, and he is the sun God. Ra, ra, ra. I like, I like that joke. I think it's good. It is. It's actually not even a joke I wrote. It's from a 70s punk band, and I stole it. So if you actually know, I don't know which one from, but. 
one of my 70s punk band friends was like, this is, this is a God joke. No, no, like you can do it all the time. I'm like, fuck yeah. It goes back to that whole YouTube. Every poet is a thief and every comedian's a poet. So yeah, your next comedian, what a poet. He's a poet too. Thank you guys for sticking around and thank you for sticking around for your final comedian. It's so exciting. He's so tall. And I haven't seen him in forever. And he used to be like a teacher. I haven't seen you in like two years. So I'm really excited to see what's going on. Everybody, Matt Curry. Yay! Thank you, Pam. Thank you guys for sticking around. Yay. Happy Friday. Um, I'm off to a good start to the weekend so far. I got... Broken up with last weekend, actually, that happened. Thank you for your sympathy. Um, it it didn't hit me as hard as other breakups in the past. Uh, with this one, I didn't know we were going out with each other, actually, was the situation. <laughs> we went on two dates, and then she wanted to get together for brunch last Saturday, just to let me know I wasn't going to go any further than that in a public place in case I freaked out, Jerry Maguire style, and she made sure to break the news right after the food came so I would have plenty of time to ask her any questions I may have about the whole situation and I don't know if that was all necessary I don't know I know you you don't like being broken up with by text but that one I, I could have gone with the text uh, <laughs> she could have she not answered a couple of my texts and I would have gotten the picture we didn't really need to bring Eggs Benny into the situation you know what I'm saying it's a little extreme I don't know. Uh, did I pay? I paid for half. I paid for my thing. <laughs> yeah. Um, broke. So <laughs> whatever. Uh, a date lined up for tomorrow night, actually, getting back on that horse. Uh, it's here in San Francisco. If anybody has a suggestion for a place, this woman, I met her on Tinder, and her tagline, she said, I like to be dominated. Um, so... I'm looking for a bar with a ping pong table because I've excellent serve and I think she'll she'll be into that. Um, should we keep doing Tinder material? <laughs> um, no, I'll talk about I'm in the middle of a big transition in my life, I'm I've been switching from boxers to boxer briefs. It's a big it's a big move. Uh thank you, sir. Are you a boxer brief man? Okay. Um I'm glad here's what happened. I, I've been wearing tighter jeans lately, some fucking purple shit. And <laughs> um and I was complaining about how my box was riding up to a friend. He was like, hey, boxer briefs, that's what you're supposed to do. And then I was telling other people about the virtues of boxer briefs because I got some, I like it. And my friends were like, fucking, yeah, I've been wearing boxer briefs for like 10, 15 years. Not a big deal. And I felt self-conscious about it that I didn't know. Everybody made the switch. No one gave them the memo. Uh, <laughs> but it actually follows a trend of my I was late to the boxer game as well. Um, happened freshman year in high school it seemed like everybody made the switch for me and I was also I was a late bloomer in life like puberty wise I was pretty much the last guy in my class to start that and it kind of ran around the same time and you know before that I'm just tidy whities that's all I knew existed for men's underwear and and I don't know if 
you've ever had like a goldfish or a potted plant, but they say if you don't give it the proper size container, it won't bloom to its full potential, you know what I'm saying? So I'm stuck in these tidy whities All my friends fucking got boxers on. What the fuck, mom? How long are you knowing about boxers? Over here trying to get these pubes. And then, and then I got them. It was a big moment. I never had like a bar mitzvah or quinceanera or anything, but I feel like that moment I got the boxer. I'm a man now. Let's do this. No, I just, I was just, I walked out to breakfast in the morning. I was fucking, you done with the business section, Dad? <laughs> helped, him, <laughs> helped him with the crossword and shit. I had a party. I had a party in my my room alone. <laughs> once the once the little guy started growing, uh, um, yeah. Another another change in my life. I've been trying to hug more people lately. I thank you. I I was uh, I was told about a year, year and a half ago by two people within the span of a week that I was a shitty hugger and I took it to heart and I started avoiding hugs and then about a month ago I did shrooms and I decided I'm not a side hugger and I'm not fucking gonna let other people dictate how I live my life like that and I communicate with dogs telepathically I found out later on in the trip Fucking, so well, that's a cool thing. There's certain breeds, but but for now I'm working on the hugs because it seems important. Everybody's hugging. Hugs aren't going away. Um, and I don't blame myself too much. I didn't really come from a family of huggers. We're not a very touchy-feely family. Like my dad, still every hug he gives me he finishes off one of those no homo pets at the end, which is just <laughs> unnecessary. Dad, I love you. I know this isn't a sexual thing. Fucking, my mom strictly fist bumps. That's what she does. Fucking grandma just gives me like, what's up? I'm out here trying to break the cycle. Um, I don't think this body's doing me any favors. I don't think I have a very good hugging physique. I'm a tall, skinny guy. And people say they like to hug like a teddy bear type. That's just not the feeling you get with me. I have more jagged edges. You know what I'm saying? People hug me and they're like, what the fuck's that a hip bone or something? <laughs> poking me the height's the main problem i get nervous before hugs i i forget what i'm supposed to do with my arms every time somehow is it two arms over or one arm over one arm under or do i bow down go chest to chest with this person or do i just hold my ground and petting their head like a small child it's like <laughs> an awkward look man um all right a little spanish interlude <laughs> I talking about Tinder. I'm back on it after a, a bit of a. I was in a real relationship for a little while, and started off. She was she's very confident. She had a lot of money and a cool job, and then that was attractive. Um, but she wasn't the hottest girl I ever fucked with, and I, I thought I was just being like mature somehow. <laughs> I, I don't need to. I don't know where we're going to settle. Uh, but she was cool, and it seemed, I was attracted to the, like, she seems like she has her shit together. But then later she became less confident and kind of insecure, and that was annoying. Um, <laughs> 
and I don't want to sound like a dick. We're all insecure. I don't wear shorts outside very often, but she, I don't know. And it was like every time we'd hang out, she had new things she hated about herself. And as a dude dating her, you have to fucking, no, I love your pinky toes, babe. They're amazing. <laughs> or whatever the thing was. And I don't know, just kind of a turn off. There was one thing she said, it was actually not a good idea because it changed the way I looked at her physically. She said she had always been self-conscious of her small forehead, which I hadn't even heard was a thing to have a small forehead before that. Like a lot of, a lot of big forehead talk out there, but never like three head. Um, but she said it and it made me take a closer look and it is a thing actually to have it. And she had it. She had eyebrows, a little bit of skin, hairline. And I hadn't noticed it for like a month or two dating her. And then after that, it's all I could notice anytime we talk. And she fucking eyes are down here, man. And, all right. I'm doing my best. Um, another thing she'd do, kind of similar vein, insecurity wise, uh, she would kind of sell herself to me and tell me about like how lucky I was to be with her and other fancy boyfriends she had had and um she went home to visit her mom for a couple of weeks in fresno and she came back she was like i'm like a 10 in fresno and i was just like well we live in los angeles but <laughs> um thank you for warning me about fresno i'll stay away from there um i don't know i don't necessarily believe in that whole concept of you're 10 in Fresno, you're LA6 or whatever. I think just probably shouldn't be putting everybody in 1 through 10 scales or whatever. But if we do, I, I don't think we should grade on a curve. I think you just kind of <laughs> are what you are. She was a worldwide 7 and that was <laughs> all good. Be happy with that. I don't know if location fucking... Not looking at someone's pictures. She's cute. Where was this taken? <laughs> I, can't, uh, I don't know. Doesn't work like that. Um, I'm back on to people. People are worried about Tinder pics. I, I was talking to a friend who's never done it. Then he's married, and he was like, "What if they don't look like their pictures?" And just fucking make the best of it. It'll be okay. <laughs> it's one you can leave anytime you want. Um, but you can also kind of tell by their pictures if they're going to look like their pictures. People, you can, I don't know, you can see if they're super old or just what ang what they choose to show. Like if if they only have pictures of their face, don't expect an incredible body. That's fine. They kind of warned you, I feel like. Or if they do have an incredible body, they'll find a way to show you. They'll slip in a beach pic somewhere or whatever. I went out with a woman recently who only had pictures of her torso up. Uh, she turned out to be a centaur. Which, I don't know. Fucking sex was awkward. Um, mythological creature. I don't know. I, I did have sex last weekend. That breakup thing didn't happen, but... Uh, <laughs> um, which I, th I think I did a good job. Uh, we, were, we were sexually compatible, me and this woman. She she was also a premature ejaculator. So came at the same time. Uh, I was like, jinx. Um, but 
She didn't know we were playing the game. Um, you guys know that was a thing? I didn't know that was a thing before I met this one. She, she was, I don't know, pretty much, I thought it was only a guy thing. But uh, she was a little younger. She came quickly. And she was sad about it. And she was like, I'm sorry, I'm a premature ejaculator. And it was a weird role reversal. I didn't know how to handle it. I was just, we'll get him next time, I guess, or something. I don't know. But I kind of wish she hadn't said anything. I kind of wish she had just, just let me have that one. Let me walk out of there super cocky, you know what I'm saying? I guess this is how it's going to be from now on. I don't know. Unlock some new level of the sex game. Turns out it was nothing I did. It was just a fucking medical issue she has. I don't know. Sucks. Um, I used to date a woman who had a bunch of tattoos all over the place, and that would be good because anytime I would get a little too excited, I could shift my focus to a sea turtle. You know what I'm saying? Or like read a roomy quote or something, and then settle back down. So if any ladies have trouble with your man, just maybe a back piece of his grandma or something like that. And <laughs> just a suggestion, I don't know. It's not all our issue, it's our issue, I feel like. Um, this, this, this chick, whatever. I'm, yeah, I'm only in town for another couple weeks, and I, I was upfront about it, uh, but we had sex, and then, Pretty much right after, like literally right after, she was just like, we, we should do this again. LA isn't so far, and um, do you want to see me again, type thing. And and that's a fair question. It's nice. I was, you know, um, flattered. But I don't think it's a fair time to ask that question. I think, you know what I'm saying? We're laying there naked right next to each other. Right? It's tough for me. Well, not really. I don't know. <laughs> <laughs> I think this is a standing up question. I mean, can I take the condom off, please, before I give you an honest answer? I don't know. I was hadn't had sex in a while. It's like if I was just wandering around the streets drunk some late night trying to find something to eat because I'm starved, and then I finally happen upon a Denny's, and I'm just, just so stoked that this place is open, and I go in, and... I finally get some food in my belly. And I sit back for a second. And the waitress is like, so how was it? And it was good. Thanks. And then she's like, so you're going to come back? And well, do you want to make a reservation for the next time you're at Denny's? And I don't know. <laughs> can I get us? Uh, can we talk about this when I'm settling the check maybe? Denny's is more of a late night thing for me. I would have gone somewhere else if it was... No, I'm sounding like a jerk. This is newer. Uh, this is not my persona, but I'm testing something out, huh? Hey, got to. That's what we do. One minute. One minute, man. Um, what do I have that's short? Oh, thank you. All right. Into a really long story, folks. No. Um, I'm sorry. You know what I, I want to talk about for a second? We were talking about lice and crabs. Uh, first place I moved into in L.A. ended up having bed bugs, which fucking, I don't know if anybody's had bed bugs, but uh, I moved into this place with a brand new air mattress. And how do you get bed bugs on an air mattress? <laughs> I can just manifest that shit. I don't know. <laughs> so they were, 
they were in the curtains of the room that I and they were just waiting for a new host to come in and I came in and I had never had bed bugs before and I just there was like a little crack in the window that wouldn't close and I'm just not the type of guy to really face reality in general so I would see these little bugs on my bed and I was just like how do these bugs keep getting in the room or whatever and for a while I just denied it in my own head there was little blood streaks on the fucking because they just suck your blood at night and you roll around on them and they burst and uh, it, was, it was gross um, yeah thank you <laughs> glad I brought that no I, I have tips if actually if you have bed bugs uh, don't tell anyone you've ever had bed bugs they're <laughs> really grossed out by it I I don't know, I moved out of the place and I was telling friends and they're just like, oh, I hope you deal with that. <laughs> you can keep that couch you're sitting on. Cause, cause, I don't know. They're the untouchables in America. Um, that's good for me. Thank you very much, Pam. Thank you all. Matt Curry, everyone that performs here is a champion. Uh, I... I, I promise you that there is a huge listening audience online. It's like 10,000 people a week that listen to this. And, and they send me messages and say, why is no one there in real life? And I say, I am terrible at promotions. Uh, but I do have a joke about Tinder before we all leave. And I just don't understand why people internet date, you know? Like some people say raise the bar and some people say lower the bar. And I say meet at the motherfucking bar. Like, what is wrong with you? Why do you have the Tinder? Whatever happened to going to a bar and meeting a person and going home with them when you're drunk? It's no, one else has, no one else has gotten finger banged in an alcove here on 19th Street. Am I the only one? Like, come on. Garage alcoves are for fucking in your 30s. That's like, are you kidding me? It's San Francisco, you little snowflakes. Thank you guys so much for hanging out. Thank you again, David Zunzu Kirscher, for running ones and twos. We got more D's nuts. Thanks, and uh, we'll see you guys next week on Pamtastic's Comedy Clubhouse. Yay! of swimming through a sea of podcasts. Are ye on a raft without a patter? Well, gather around me, sea dogs, and get aboard me pirate ship as we set sail for the seas of mutinyradio.fm. From there, you can captain your own pirate ship as you sail through over 44 different shows for all of your listening pleasures. 
They've got live comedy to small business advice, LGBTQ friendly to sports, vinyl to gutter punk. Mutiny Radio.fm has the best programming the Internet Ocean has to offer you. I bet my peg leg on it, or I ain't scurvy shitface McRat. <laughs> Hey everybody, listen to the Weekly Review with Roman every Friday from noon to 2pm. This is an unapologetically anti-capitalist program. We interview community organizers, activists, and artists. We talk about ways you can take action right now. So listen in to the Weekly Review every Friday from noon to 2pm. brings you visual and auditory mind control. For the best graphic design, physical merchandise, and live music promotion, go to www.subliminalsf.com and check out their hilarious t-shirts and super cool bands at clubs and bars all over the Bay Area. Subliminal SF creates amazing flyers, posters, and design for every need. So go now to www.subliminalsf.com and experience what this wonderful local business has to offer. Good evening there, my friends, here at MutinyRadio.Evan. Chester Cashcock here, and giving you my love and regard as well as movies over there. And uh, I just wanted to let you guys know that any time I go swimming in my vault of rare coins and piles and piles of filthy cash, I can't help but listen to Pamtastic's Comedy Clubhouse every Friday from 8 to 10 p.m. I mean, if anyone who knows anything about comedy knows that Pamtastic's books the best of San Francisco and Beyond's Underground Comics. It's a great showcase, and they have a fun time at Pamtastic's Deep in the Mission District, where you can laugh off your tushy for a mere fun. every Friday to 10 p.m. And I laugh because $5, I mean, that's what I use to wipe my tushy with. So to laugh it off for a mere $5 is indubitious. But if you can't make it to Mutiny Radio, well, don't even worry. Don't fret at all. You can simply download the podcast post-show and giggle in the comfort of anywhere, like your Aspen summer home on the mountain ridge with the kayak feeling. So then all you got to do is just go to podcastics.pcrcollective.org slash comedy clubhouse, or you can listen live every Friday from 8 to 10 p.m. as your host Pam Benjamin brings you the best comedy from San Francisco and beyond the universe. And what's better than the universe? It's a cash cock, honey. (laughs) Well, hello, boys and girls. You know what a password is. That's a secret word that soldiers would use to get past the sentry and up to the front. Well, here's a password that gets you up to the front in all the right places. It's cannabis energy. It seems the faster you go, the more cannabis energy you need. So if you want to win, you have to have lots of cannabis energy. And the swellest way I know to get it is just by using Green Army Skincare. Boy, they're just crammed full of cannabis energy. 
there are more cannabis energy units in one lip balm tube than you use circling the base ten times or when you ride your bike four miles across the city. And it's fast acting. Why, no sooner that you apply some balm to your mouth or pain areas, you practically feel the new strength in your muscles. And what's more, Green Army Skincare is a good, wholesome product. They're made with body nourishing cannabis and other natural ingredients. So go out there today and pick up some Green Army Skincare products from your local cannabis procurement center. Join thegreenarmy.com. Hey, ladies and gentlemen, we'd like to invite you down to Bender's Bar and Grill in the heart of the Mission District in San Francisco at 806 South Van Ness. Uh, we've got great food by our kitchen counter offer, burgers, tater tots, tachos, corn dogs, all sorts of good stuff like that. They're open from opening until 11 p.m. most days of the week, except Saturday. Every Saturday night, we've got live rock and roll, some of the best local bands in San Francisco, and touring acts as well. Come on down, 10 p.m., rock and roll, only night of the week. We have a $5 cover charge, always 5 bucks for live rock and roll. We're open from 4 p.m. until 2 a.m., Monday through Thursday, Friday, Saturday, Sunday, 2 to 2. Come on down, have some drinks with us. We've got Whiskey Wednesday, Tequila Tuesday, and we've always got the Steve McQueen special. A shot of bullet bourbon and a can of California lager for 8 bucks. Come down and enjoy our patio. It's open uh, in the afternoon, not really in the evening, but a lot of good folks hanging out back there. Come on down, give us a shout. Drop by the bar, make some friends. Thanks, folks. Bender's Bar and Grill in the heart of the Mission District, San Francisco, California. With a happy hour every Monday through Friday until 7 p.m. Don't miss it. Go to Bender's Bar. Big supporter of the Mutiny Radio Comedy Festival 2018. Yeah, it goes down. Come smoke with your boy. Grinder. Spark is San Francisco's premier cannabis dispensary with a focus on serving and educating patients for seven years. Spark is dedicated to creating the best in-store experience with its extensive menu, friendly staff, and one of the few cannabis vape lounges in San Francisco. Spark welcomes you to visit its two great locations as a medical patient or for recreational adult use in 2018. Spark is located at 1256 Mission Street between 8th and 9th and at 473 Haight Street at Fillmore. Both locations are open until 10 p.m. every night. Spark staff looks forward to serving you. Coming at these bitches and all these snitches, hitting switches, going back to riches. Rainbow Grocery, a worker-owned and operated food cooperative located at 1745 Folsom Street in the Mission District of San Francisco. Let's hear what locals have to say about Rainbow Grocery. Their bulk section is dope AF. I love their, their variety of cheese and home decor items and this of unique items that you can't find anywhere else. Their cheese section is insane. I love Rainbow Grocery because it's the number one grocery store to shop at when you're having a potluck and need to fulfill everyone's dietary needs. 
They don't have meat. Rainbow Grocery Cooperative, an amazing San Francisco staple since 1975. For all your space chicken sci-fi comedy non-political humor needs, go to timstesseract.com. Read fiction about the future of San Francisco after the water wars of 2121 in Jane 6. Ask a Jedi for important life hacks. Eat flesh with the bare exoskeleton Contessa. And check your horror horoscope on Horoscopia. Updated every three parsecs. Timstesseract.com Timstesseract.com You want to be a comic? It's not as easy as we make it look. But that's because Mutiny Radio has eight hours a week of open mic stage time for all your comedy workout needs. Strain those improv muscles every Sunday from four to six at Getting Sketchy with David Stolowitz. Press out those new jokes every Monday, 6 to 8, on Joke Workshop with four-minute sets and four-minute critiques from everyone. Get positive by host Pam Benjamin. Pump those dick jokes every Thursday, 7 to 9, with True Hustle Thursdays. Hashtag THC. That's hashtag THC. You want more open mics? Fridays, 6 to 8. Happy hour with guest host and George D. Smith. Pew, pew, pew. Four open mics every week at Mutiny Radio, brother. After work and take a seat at Asiento, a great place to meet friends, have delicious tapas and drinks, and relax with your neighbors. Located at Bryant and 21st Street in the Deep Mission, Kitty Corner Block from Mutiny Radio. Come and get a drink during the comedy festival and enjoy happy hour pricing all night long with your festival ticket. A great neighborhood bar. Come take a seat at Asiento. The Roxy Theater is San Francisco's favorite nonprofit art house cinema, bringing you the best, coolest, weirdest, most thought provoking movies of the past, present, and future. Hands down, there is no better way to get your film fix than at this legendary historic theater. Visit www.roxy.com. That's www.roxie.com today for showtimes and tickets. Everybody should listen to Mutiny Radio at mutinyradio.fm. It's a great place to listen to crazy things. All right, it's time to start it up. Music's off. Time to go. Yeah. Here at the Sparkcast, recording live at Spark here, the beautiful, wonderful mission. No, this isn't the mission. This is Soma. This is San Francisco, an amazing place. Uh, hey, everybody, welcome to the Sparkcast. Yay! 
Hey, uh, this is the podcast that we do live here at Spark, and uh, we have a bunch of different highlights tonight for you guys. We always do a product highlight. Uh, tonight's product highlight is the purple lights. It's an indica. It's very confusing now. It says 812 milligrams of THC, but then you have to divide it by something else, and then what it comes out to is 23%. Remember when we used to be, they got us used to percentages, and now they've confused us with these milligrams. Oh my God, math is so hard. <laughs> now I feel like when I was in junior high, they're like, you're gonna need math for a reason. I'm like, yeah, so I can figure out how weed works. You know what I mean? Milligrams, hundreds, thousands, easier. Ounces, confusing. Pints, even more confusing. Like, what is the, quarts? What does this even mean? Why are we even, can I get a quart of weed, please? They're like, that doesn't make sense to me. You have a tiny guitar. I think they're called mandolins. Ukuleles that look like a really cool, like, is it is it electric? Can you plug it in and make it like be like Jimi Hendrix? And like, then, oh, it doesn't really work. When I was a child, I used to take rubber bands and put them on nails over wood and pretend it was a guitar. <laughs> Did anybody else do that? Like, I'm making noise. Is anyone listening? No, <laughs> as a child. I didn't smoke weed then. That's when I was just spinning around in the driveway in circles, trying not to hit my head on the concrete. <laughs> my parents were like, if you're going to spin around in circles like that, do it on the grass, not on the driveway. <laughs> you weirdo. Everyone tries to augment their experience, am I right? I love weed. I love to augment my experience. I mean, has anyone watched a baseball game sober? Come on. Like, what is that about? <laughs> you guys love the Giants. 